Welcome back, guys. This is Crystal. And I'm Elle. And we are Alternative Interests. You always do this thing with... So, for everyone who's not here in the room with us, every time we do our intro, Elle has her hands on the bottom of her face in, like, this, um, the wow emoji. (laughs) Is it really, like, the wow emoji? It's almost like like the the shocked emoji. Like... Yeah, the shocked emoji with, like, your hands up there. Every Every time. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) We are gonna start with a little bit of housekeeping, so... I had a couple reach a uh, couple people reach out to us about episode two with Nicole White, and they clarified the ammunition charge thing. And I did a little bit of research, and Washington State does not have any um, any laws about ammunition for Washington State, but federal laws still apply. Based on the fact that Jonathan Harris was arrested for ammunition, uh, by federal law, if he had armor piercing bullets on him that's one reason he would have been arrested or if he had a prior felony offense um conviction against him then any ammunition he would have been arrested for so it wasn't the fact that he was bringing (laughs) ammunition across the state line it was just it, it it was either armor piercing bullets or he had a prior felony arrest yeah and i tried to figure out if it was the prior felony arrest by looking up his records and that was taking too long to load. So I tried to, and I could not find him. I know he's incarcerated in yeah. Washington State. You think it would be easy? I couldn't even find a prison record for him where he's being held right now. Yeah, because like you can do the inmate searches. I yeah. couldn't even find him. That's legitimately what I was doing. Yeah. Um. Whatever. I'm not an expert so. on finding people. So thanks for thanks for helping cor- us out, guys. Yeah. Thanks for correcting that. I had no idea. I was really surprised actually when I saw that. Like in the article, different articles, and like on the documentary, and so when they corrected it, I was like, okay, well, this makes it sense. makes sense now. Yeah, it makes sense because yeah, just the way it was stated just seemed weird. Yeah, but yeah, our other item of business is um, we have. I checked this morning. We have eighty six downloads, whoop, whoop. which is ridiculous. I did not like. We've been. Um, We've been public for a little over a week. It's been like 10 days. We have 86 downloads. That is insane to me. (laughs) Pretty good, I think. Yeah. Pat on the backs. Pat on the backs. I didn't think we would have that many. (laughs) I didn't think we would either. (laughs) So that's like mind boggling to me. We are thankful for every one of you. Yes. Please share us with your friends, you guys. Share and rate. We We need those five stars. Yeah, please give us five-star reviews on iTunes because I think we need a certain number before I can see details on them because right now I can only see our average. I can't actually see individual ratings and reviews. That's messed up. And if you want to give us feedback, like, please please (laughs) give us a five-star review with some feedback. Five-star review, though, then you can add feedback to it. Yeah. No, no, I don't want to see those fours or less. (laughs) No, I'll take a four. Actually, so if we get, we should come up with, um, if we get a certain number of five-star reviews, we'll, like, do something. So what is something you guys would like to see us do? Yes. If we get to... Listen. Let's say... (laughs) I don't want to shoot too high. Let's say, let's get 25 five-star reviews. When we get 25, leave us a five-star review and tell us what you would like us to. We could do a bonus episode... Uh, we can do shout outs. Definitely we can do shout outs if you guys leave us a review. 
if I can see the details. <laughs> um, but let's shoot for that. When we get to 25 five-star reviews, leave us a note. Tell us what you want and we'll do it. Yes. yes. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> Nothing weird, guys. <laughs> Too weird. Okay. Um, without much further ado, let's progress on to our episode content for the day. Whoop, whoop. Um, today I am going to talk about chimeras. In Greek mythology, the chimera was a monster, and this is one hell of a monster. It is described as a fire-breathing lion with a goat head sticking out of its back, and its tail is a serpent with a snake's head at the end. So this, this dude's all sorts of a mess. And he's got three heads. A mess? and oh, Or a badass. <laughs> a, a mess. I think he's kind of cool. Oh, Actually, those things are scary looking. I googled it. They're weird, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we're not actually talking about the monster today. I'm sad too. It's fine. <laughs> I was highly disappointed, okay? <laughs> well, the monster, uh, because the name is Chimera... In modern English, a chimera is actually known as um, a single organism that contains two or more distinct DNA profiles. That's not really absorbable English. That's a little <laughs> sciencey. So to kind of explain what that means, I'm going to tell you the story of Lydia Fairchild. So Lydia and her partner, Jamie... Um, had had two children together, and they were separating. Some sources I found said that they were divorcing, and a YouTube documentary called Only Human didn't mention divorce. So I don't know if they were just together or if they really were divorcing. But in 2002, they were separating, and she didn't have a job. She didn't have a way to support her and her two kids. Mm -hmm. So she needed to apply for welfare. And the places where I heard they were divorcing, I saw that it was she was applying for child support from her yeah. partner. So, again, I don't know which one it was, but the documentary said that she was applying for welfare. And they actually needed to do DNA tests, which I had never heard of before. I know in recent years that people have talked about doing drug tests for welfare, but I had never heard of DNA tests for welfare. Maybe it's because they weren't married and they so, needed to prove it was his. That's kind of. really weird. So I actually looked up Kentucky law on this and it was really hard to find something from 2002. <laughs> but by Kentucky law, it says that both parents have a duty to support their child and that both parents have the right to expect the other parent to provide assistance. So when you go through a welfare situation, okay, they require you to establish paternity because that's how you kind of prove that, hey, this is my child and I'm expecting child support from you. So it really could have been a child support situation, yeah. even though they weren't married, because that's just how Kentucky law works. Okay. I'm not a lawyer, guys. I could have gotten that wrong. That's just what I saw. <laughs> Good old Google. So she and her partner, I'm just going to call him her partner because I don't know if it, they were married, but regardless, he was her partner, the father of her children. So they go and they get DNA tests 
And the attorney called her and said, you know, DNA test came back. He's the father. And she goes, great. How do we move forward? He's like, ho ho now. You're not the mother. And which is how. (laughs) Right. And so it started this whole thing. She's like, what do you mean? I'm not the mother. Those are my babies. I was there when they were born. (laughs) I don't know. They just kind of came out of me. (laughs) So the attorneys actually invite her down to the office and the state prosecutor is there and they start asking her all these questions. They're like, what's your name? Are you really Lydia Fairchild? Are these really your children? Is this your sister's children and you're just claiming them? Did you kidnap these children? I don't like get it because I feel like if you take birth certificates and like medical documentation of the day of the birth that should have been, like, pretty good proof. That is exactly what the documentary said. That, like, the defense attorney, she doesn't have one right now, but eventually she does get a defense attorney. And the defense attorney is like, you guys, when the baby's born, it's like right that second they take footprints of the feet. And, like... Yeah. But I guess they were really concerned about welfare fraud. Like, they thought she was committing welfare fraud by, like... She had kidnapped children and she was trying to get benefits for them or that these were what kept coming up is they thought it was her sister's children and she was trying to get benefits for her sister's children. Well, why didn't they just ask her sister? I I don't know. I, mean, I, I feel like they did. But, you know, sometimes when the law is looking at you, they don't take the answer you're giving them. We I, see that all the time. They true. don't want to take the answer that they're given. So... What happened was that the DNA tests in a typical DNA test, you get 50% your mother's DNA and 50% your father's DNA. Yeah. And in this situation, it was 0% her DNA in these kids. <laughs> so, like, not even a hair of a chance that these were her children. So, in the documentary, they actually interviewed her father. And I don't know how I feel about this guy. Because um, it actually explains why they were looking at this family so hard for welfare fraud. Yeah. Because her father was actually incarcerated at the time for, like, a business scam of some sort. They didn't say exactly what it was, but he was actually serving time in jail for a business scam. So it it was like a does it run in the family sort of situation. (laughs) It's so messed up. It's like, oh, yay, my... Dad ended up in jail. That obviously means I'm ending up in jail. Right. Wow. So her dad, I, I really don't know how to feel about this guy. Because at first he was like, you know, I totally believed my daughter. Oh, this is in the same breath, by the way. And he was like, you know, I totally believed Lydia. But at the same time, I always trusted DNA. And I thought she might be lying. Wait, what? Yes. It was like one one complete sentence of him saying this. So like he starts out, yeah, my da- I believe my daughter, but you know science doesn't lie. Was he not there during the birth? <laughs> I d- I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe that's I don't know how to feel about this guy either. <laughs> I, yeah. Thankfully they didn't talk to him much in the documentary. Good. So it doesn't seem very trustworthy. So Lydia is like convinced that they got something wrong because you know lab errors do happen they retested her children and her family three times to try and figure out if these were her children and every single time it came back as negative so wait they tested like her versus her family they tested her children with her to try and establish maternity 
Yeah. And every single time it came back as 0%. That's so... It's so bizarre. Right. Because, you know, you would think... And that's why they were like, lady, just give it (laughs) up. Like, we know you're lying. So she actually ended up calling her mom and, like, telling her everything that was happening. And her mom thought it was a joke. She, like, started laughing on the phone. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, mom, no. I would be laughing, too. I would be, too. Because, like, you don't think you're gonna get a call like that ever like oh no i was there in the room i <laughs> like i saw i saw you give birth to them they're yours this right is funny and so they actually so you know they established that the father was the father yeah. and the father is even coming forward and be like you guys this is the mother of my children i was there when she gave birth i mean at least he's being nice about it yeah. The one guy who you, like, re- really hope would be on her side about this? Yeah. I mean... They they thought he was lying. They oh. thought he was in on the fraud scam. <laughs> At least, maybe it wasn't, like... Uh, they ended on good terms, and that's why he's like, oh, right. So maybe it wasn't child so, support. <laughs> well, they were they were on again, off again. So okay. like at this time they were separating, but yeah. then they go on to have two more children together. Okay. So they actually brought Lydia down and questioned her three separate times about this hardcore questioning. And every single time she was like, "These are my children." So the third time they brought her in, they actually threatened her with a lie detector test, and she was like, "Give it to me!" Like. Give me the test. The first person ever. <laughs> right. And she's like, I will prove that the, like, I'm not lying. So instead of giving her a lie detector test, they take her to court. I mean, it would have been cheaper to give the lie detector test. I guess. But at the same Question time, mark? you can't take them to court. They mean nothing. Okay. It's more of a, like, make you feel better sort of thing. I guess. So they took her to court. And through this whole thing, she was actually pregnant with her third child through this. <laughs> Lovely. So when she went to court, it's not her she child. Was, she was real pregnant, like real pregnant. And she was looking to find a lawyer that would take this case. And every single lawyer was like her dad and was like, no, DNA doesn't lie. We think you're lying. We're not going to represent you. We can't win. So this poor lady, super pregnant. I don't know how many months pregnant she was for the beginning of the court process, yeah. but she had to go represent herself. That poor lady yeah wasn't there like a state person that could i i don't know no one would take her and i would think that she would get like counsel but she wasn't being arrested so i guess i think that's the difference is she wasn't arrested i i should have looked that up and i didn't there has to be a reason that she wasn't given court appointed counsel yeah that's what i would there so this whole process lasted like a year and the court actually assigned um, guardians for the children to, no. like, yeah, to, like, watch them and make sure that she was being a good mother and that she was taking care of them and not, like, sneaking them off to other places. And she was terrified for, like, a year. She was terrified that they were going to take her children from her because they were getting, like, real close. The eye rolls. <laughs> so one day she was in court and she was like, you guys, I am, I am due in three days. <laughs> And I will, this is, I'm going to give birth. So the judge said that someone had to be there when she gave birth. What? Somebody had to be in the room and witness her giving birth. And like the second the baby popped out, they had to take blood samples to see if it was her child. I love how they don't trust her that much to think that this baby that will come out of her womb will have no DNA 
compared to hers. I think the reason they did this is actually because if they test this baby and this baby comes out negative, it actually gives them a reason to believe the other children are hers. Because if someone's there to witness it, they're like, you very obviously birthed this child, but the test is saying it's not your child. That gives them a reason to look at the other two children like, yeah. huh, maybe something's going on here. But like the doctors that gave birth to these two, the, the two first children don't matter? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. We're fine. <laughs> All right. Move forward. <laughs> After this happened, a lawyer finally agreed to help her. So along this whole time, I forgot to mention, along with them thinking that um, she was stealing someone else's children, they thought maybe that it was a surrogate situation. Because in that case, somebody else's egg implanted and she yeah. carried it. It technically wouldn't have her DNA. And they thought, well, if you're a surrogate, why don't you just own up to it? And we, like, we can trace that. We can track that. But she's yeah. like, these are my children. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is a state prosecutor actually found an article in a medical journal talking about chimerism. Oh, yeah. And some of the information in the article kind of, like, perked his ears. And he was like, huh, this sounds really familiar. But it was, like, a lot of medical speak, and they were like, well, I'm a lay person, and I think this looks like it fits, but I don't mm -hmm. know if it fits. So the judge actually agreed to postpone the next hearing while the legal team pursued this chimerism angle. And um, the article that they found was actually on um, a woman from Boston named Karen Keegan, so I'm going to divert away from Lydia Fairchild for a minute, and we're going to talk about Karen and how her story goes, and then we'll go back to Lydia. So Karen Keegan needed a kidney replacement, and she and her sons were all tested to see if, like, her sons or her husband were a viable option for her to receive a kidney from them. And in the course of that testing, they realized that, you know, her sons were not her sons. It was the exact same thing. What? <laughs> so she just kind of blew it off. She thought the hospital made a mistake, but she was so sick at the time. Like, she couldn't really afford to wait. And her husband was a viable option. So they did the transplant with her husband. And she was really concerned about this DNA test that was, like, hovering over them that was basically saying, your kids are not your kids. And it was really sad because she was like, I thought my kids would think of me as, like, less than their mother, like Aww. an adopted mother or something like that, because DNA was saying that they weren't related. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. Her kids didn't care. Within a year, she had to come back to the doctors because the kidney replacement was only partially successful. Mm -hmm. And when she came back, a new doctor was on board and actually was like, huh, this is really interesting. And they decided to start testing and for some reason, in the initial testing, only two of her sons were tested for to see if they could donate their kidneys to yeah. her. She has a third son that wasn't tested at that time. So I don't know why they didn't address why. There has to be some reason. Maybe he was out of state or something. Maybe. He was younger, so he could have been away at college. This third son was tested, and he was her son. What? But yeah. the other two... Were not. Okay. At least science says so. At least science says so, because science is never wrong. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not good at science. I'm not a science person. I think it's interesting. I wish I was good at science, but I'm not good at science. I'm, you know, I 
I actually failed chemistry, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I had to drop out of physics in my freshman year because it made me cry. Oh, it made you cry? (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Um, Physics wasn't. I think it made sense, but that's because... I don't know, I was slight math nerd, and that's... Well, it made sense, and that's what frustrated me so bad, because I was two years advanced in math, and I I couldn't figure physics out. Yeah, no, I mean... (laughs) That's why I was crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the first, like, few months when I was taking physics, my teacher actually wrote on my essays, I distinctly remember, he's like, stop overthinking it. And he was like, I'm handing me back my tests. And he's like, you had the right, because apparently I had the right answer. And then I redid it yeah. and got the wrong answer. Anyway. I wish I was like that. I just got the wrong answer every time. Oh. I was real bad at it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> this was Karen had a scientific investigator see if they could figure out what was causing the issues, because why not? And there was, like, an offhanded comment within the medical team of one person that was like, oh, what if she's a chimera? And everyone else was like, huh. We never thought of that. Because I guess it's really, really rare that you find a human chimera. It's really common in the animal kingdom. um, Because... With what animals? A lot of them, actually. So, uh, you know, you've heard of hermaphrodites? Yes. Hermaphrodites are chimeras. So there's a lot of like slugs and snails that are technically hermaphrodites. And so they're, they're chimeras. It's a really cool thing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There's actually, I think it's a type of, this is really off topic, but there's a type of sea snail that, um, (laughs) you're gonna, your face is really, you're gonna love this. So all of them, um, they're born as hermaphrodites. So they can be male or they can be female and they can actually switch between. So when two sea snails come to like do their mating dance, they do a sword fight with their penises and the loser has to be the female <laughs> and then they mate <laughs> i don't know that information that i needed or not <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to unsee this i'm like crying i'm sorry <laughs> so anyway this medical team got the idea that From perhaps she could be a chimera and so they decided to go with it because really they didn't have anything else to go on so, these doctors actually got a grant um, from, I think, from the state for them to actually spend money on this. Hmm. And I just want to take a moment and look at this stark difference between the way Lydia Lewitt was treated and the way Karen was treated. Because Karen was older. She was, uh, she was like, in her later years, over 40. Yeah. Um. And she was well-respected in her community. They didn't give a second thought to her Mm -hmm. to do these tests, to spend the money on these tests. And then Lydia is a low-income woman trying to get assistance for her children. And she was put through a year of hell in the court system. Which is really sad. Right. I just want to address right there that the economic gap between these two and the way they were treated, it just really pisses me off. So (laughs) not going to talk anymore about that. I just wanted to say it once. (laughs) So the medical team, after they got this grant, they were able to take more extensive samples from her. So they took um, different swabs from around her body, her blood, her hair, and cheek swabs. They all showed the different DNA. So there was, like, the the Karen DNA and the other DNA. 
So her blood, hair, and cheek swabs all call, all showed the other DNA. Okay. And they, so they tried to get samples from internal organs, which is difficult because she's still a living, breathing human. Yeah. Um, but I guess that she had had her thyroid removed at one point. So they actually, they actually had a sample from her, <gasps> her thyroid. <gasps> I don't know why they kept it. Why did they keep that? I don't know. Somebody tell me, why would you keep somebody's thyroid that you take out? But they were- Did she- Okay. Did she ask for did it? Did the doctors have her thyroid or did she have her thyroid? I think the doctors had her thyroid. Okay. I almost want to say that's- I can, like, I live with that. So, <laughs> there's there's a case that we need to cover in the future of a guy that wanted to keep his own leg when it was amputated, and it's a great story. <gasps> We're gonna- Why would you want that? That's like the scary moms who like keep their children's teeth. We're we're gonna cover it in the future because it's it's real entertaining. There's like psychopaths, and then there's people who keep things that should not be kept. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mine. I don't know if I want to like mount it on the wall or something. Like, You're- hey guys, that's my foot. They tested everything. They did, and they also asked for blood samples from all of her family members. So what's interesting is her sons that were not her sons. Um, Air quotes, not her sons. Yes. Uh, they actually, by their DNA, they could tell that. So, you know, like in your DNA, you can kind of tell whose family members because pieces yeah. will match different people. They found that her sons had a piece that matched her husband. So they were yeah. the the. Uh, paternal side of the family was established but then they saw that her brother um also had matching pieces what's really really funny is that the way the dna profile looked for the boys it looked like her husband and her brother what were the parents so like her husband was the dad and her brother was the quote-unquote mom that's how their dna profiles looked that's so that's bizarre there was a little part of the maybe this will help there's a little part of the video that actually explained the whole fertilization process okay so they determined that in the womb this is how they they explained it so each individual embryo is a baby yes so when there are two embryos fertilized that's how you get twins yes what happened was two embryos were fertilized and one was little Karen and the other was baby X. And what happens is the two embryos fuse together in early stages of fertilization. Okay. And her body had some of the baby X's embryo in it. So now I'm really curious because I was supposed to be one of six and then when they first looked at, like, when I was a baby, like, when my mom was pregnant with me, and mm-hmm. then I guess next time she went in for an ultrasound or whatever, all the other eggs were gone, and I was the only one left. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so the doctor, I guess, joked around that I ate them. So I'm wondering. What's interesting is this actually said that it has to happen within the first four days of fertilization. Okay, then so maybe like, I don't. The that would have been way even... cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been scary. <laughs> I would have never been able to donate Got anything. Got you with a, a head out your back and a snake tail and <laughs> chicken feet. Bird wings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I have eagle wings? No, I want bat wings. Oh, Jesus. You're like a 
human gargoyle. I don't like that. I vote that's where all my different personalities come from. (laughs) Um, But it has to happen within the first four days of fertilization that they fuse. If it happens after day four, that's how you get Siamese twins. Oh, so if it happens before four days, these two DNA profiles merge into one um, fetus that grows up. But if it happens after day four, that's how you get Siamese twins. Well, she looked out then. Yeah, by like a day. By like a day? (laughs) (laughs) That's. So this ended up getting published in a medical journal, and this Uh is the medical journal that Lydia's team. Um, actually saw. So they approached this team. They're like, hey, like her lawyers approached them. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we have this case up here. And so Karen's doctor team actually agreed to help Lydia with her case. Oh, which yeah. Is really, really nice. That is really nice. But also really good for the research anyway. Right. So, like, dope. It's win win. Win win. Um, and Lydia looks out. So. What happens when you try and establish a chimera is you always test blood first. Yes. So the team tested Lydia's blood to see if there was mixed DNA in her blood. And uh, there was no mixed cells found in her blood. So after that, they move on to the next step, which is skin, hair, and tissue from internal organs. And this whole time, Lydia actually is supposed to go back to court, but the doctors weren't done. So the doctors are still working while Lydia is trying to get an extension with the court. And so what the doctors decided is that what they could do really, really fast is they could establish that the children were related to Lydia's mother. And if they could establish that they were related to Lydia's mother, that means these are not abducted children and they're not surrogates. So it would appease the courts in the meantime. Yeah. What I don't get... (laughs) <laughs> is that this doesn't rule out that she stole her sister's children, which is one of their theories. <laughs> but why didn't they just do this in the beginning and then ask her sister, did she steal your children? That's, that's, uh, I don't know, a good question would right, be this nice. Whole, this whole situation would have been avoided. crazy. I don't so, know. what? <sighs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You're gonna. Your face. <laughs> You're going to understand the face. (laughs) When they were able to establish these children were Lydia's mother's grandchildren. Yes. The judge was like, oh, my bad. I was wrong. What? Yeah. No. You you get the face. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they from? Kentucky? Yep. Kentucky. (laughs) So now, out of nowhere, the judge is just like, my bad, guys. Like What? Just... Oh, my bad. Here you go. They dragged her through this hell for a year. And he's like, whoop, my bad. I was wrong. Why didn't they just do that to be... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Fine. Yeah. Because of this grandmother connection, 16 months after her first DNA test, the one she did so that she could apply for welfare, yeah, she's finally recognized as the mother. 16 months later. 16 months? What did they do? Well, I don't... I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't... That poor lady. I don't know. That poor lady. Meanwhile, the doctors kept investigating, and they actually took a cervical smear. Mm -hmm. And the cervical smear had the mother DNA for her children. Like, her cervix, from within her body, matched her children. Okay. But her blood did not match her children. 
Okay. So, I mean... So, this is another situation similar to Karen's that she was a chimera. Yeah. And she fused with her twin, but her cervix is her twin's cervix. That would... I don't know how I feel about that. If, like, I learned that, I don't know how I'd feel. I'd, I would, wouldn't know who I was. I'd be like, I'm two different people. Well, what's interesting is these people don't even think twice about it. They're like, yeah. So what? there was, um, there's actually a model, and I don't know her name, but she's gotten really popular in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. She has this birthmark down the center of her stomach where um, it's, like, a very distinct line that, like, one half of her stomach is like a pale white skin color yeah. and the other side is a slightly more pink tinged. It's like a very clear line and it goes down her whole body. It's less noticeable like in her face and her chest. Yeah. But she is completely her own twin, like down the half of her body. That's so like cool and weird all at the same time. <laughs> right. And there was another case um that they talked about in the documentary of this baby that, you know, looked like a completely normal baby, like if, when he had clothes on. And so when doctors started looking at him, they actually found that like for his genitals, he didn't really have the part. He was kind of both kind of neither. Oh yeah. And so when they looked at his stomach, he had this line down his stomach where, like, one half of his stomach was white and one half of his stomach was black. Okay. So then they did x-rays of him. This is the really cool part, and I don't remember which half is which, but one half of him had a single ovary and a fallopian tube, and the other half of him had, like, a scrotum. I think, really weird, I think we talked about something like that in my... Uh, family studies class mm-hmm. it was really because we were talking about um like what the embryo does and like sometimes people can end up with like both mm-hmm. and if you catch it early enough i guess you can actually like pick which one yeah you can surgically yeah remove some of the stuff i don't know what happened with the baby so the story of lydia and the story of karen have a ton of information. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff I found, it's like little blips of information and I cannot find anything more. That's so so weird. This story with uh Lydia actually made the judge kind of think about the legal imp- implications of DNA because I sure hope so. Right, they're doing these DNA tests and so the judge was thinking about like what happens in like a criminal DNA case. Mm-hmm. There are stories about this happening in criminal DNA cases. Oh gosh. So, again, whatever information I give you for this stuff is like all there is. I could not find anything more. Okay. And I think it, some of it might be privacy stuff and, like, yeah. the people affected saying, please don't put my name with this. Because for some people, I, I literally couldn't even find a name. So, in 2004, there was a rape case. And this one is a little confusing because it involves two brothers. So, just bear with me. Ask questions if you need to. Okay. So, they found semen on the rape victim. And when they tested the DNA of the semen... It came back positive for someone who was already in the database. Cool. We know our offender. Let's go get him. 
he's already in jail. He's been in jail. Uh, okay. So what they found out is that the guy who was in jail, um, let's call him Jailbird. And <laughs> we'll call the other guy the rapist. Okay. So Jailbird got a bone marrow transplant from the rapist. And the, when they took the Jailbird's DNA to like put it in the system. Yeah. His DNA reflected the rapist DNA because of the bone marrow transfusion. And that's what they had on file for him. So they were able to find the rapist and incarcerate him and convict him eventually. But they like, I don't know if they ever retested Jailbird to get his proper DNA in the system. I sure hope so. But that was, it was kind of confusing because we're talking about two brothers. But eventually the actual rapist was caught and convicted. Okay. Okay. So wait, that kind of like makes me think with DNA testing, how it's super popular or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. What if, what if that happens? Ooh, my gosh. What if half the people who have taken these ancestry and like whatever DNA tests? Right. Y'all are living lives. What? Like a lie. One of the articles I looked at actually specifically said that if you're planning on doing like a 23andMe or something like that, do it before you have any sort of, um, major like transfusion, bone marrow, something like that. Okay. And, there's actually a, a a story of a guy in Nevada who had the forethought to do a before and after. And I'll tell you about him in a second. But before that, there's another crime case. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, so in 2008, there was a person that was hit by a bus in Seoul in Korea. <laughs> and they needed to do DNA testing to try and identify them. Okay. So what happened is the blood test came back showing it was a female but the body looked like a male. So they were kind of like, huh? And then because they were doing an autopsy anyway, they take tissue samples from yeah. some of the organs. DNA in the kidney also came back as female, but then DNA from his spleen and his lung came back as male. Oh, no. Eventually they were able to identify the guy and they found out he received a bone marrow transplant from his daughter. Okay. And so his daughter's DNA had taken up residence in some of his organs, which is really, really cool. What, like, it's cool, but like, it just gets so confusing. Like, in my head, I feel like your body should like adapt that kind of stuff into your own DNA instead of taking on somebody else's. It doesn't though. So the way that bone marrow, I don't know if you know, bone marrow, um, is actually what creates your red and white blood cells. Well, oh yeah, I knew that. So when you get a bone marrow transplant, you only get them when you're really, really sick. Yeah. So what happens is the healthy bone marrow creates new blood cells for you. And because the new DNA that's creating the blood cells is stronger than your own DNA, it ends up overtaking your body. It's really, really cool. I really don't want one anymore because I don't want somebody else in me. That sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so the guy, there's this guy named Chris Long in Reno, Nevada, and he had leukemia. It was a really serious leukemia. Mm-hmm. And he actually worked in the police department. And one of his colleagues was like, 
I'm, I'm going to quote her because she sounds like such a cute little science nerd. <laughs> um, she said, we need to swab the heck out of you before you have this procedure to see how this DNA takes over your body. <laughs> so, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> so basically, she got real excited because she was she knew that this was likely to happen. Yeah. And she was like, we got to take everything from you so that we can compare. So they take a bunch of samples from him because he agreed. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I would agree or not if someone came up to me and was like, I want you to be a science experiment. I, two things. One, I would agree just because I think it would be really cool. Yeah. Two, if some scientists, I guess, slash like whatever, know about like this could happen, like you don't, it doesn't like mesh DNA. It like takes on the DNA. Mm-hmm. Why? It makes me think like, why were they having so many issues and why isn't this like as well known? Throughout, like, medical things when you... Can it be in, like, fine print or something? I don't know. It's becoming more well-known. Oh, So, like, it wasn't well-known before because no one was really paying attention to the DNA. They're paying attention to saving your life. Okay. But now that it's become more of a thing, they're actually trying to pay more attention. And this woman actually really wanted to watch the process. They took samples of, like, everything. They took samples of his skin, cheek swabs, chest hair, head hair, semen. They took everything. Okay. Uh, which is why I was like, I don't know if I would agree, <laughs> because that's that's a lot to, for your colleague to ask you. Your coworker is like, hey, jizz in this cup for me for science. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> if I was a guy, I wouldn't mind. Being a girl, I might. Because, you know, you got to get a little more invasive. Yeah, you got to, like, get up in there and yeah. swab the cervix. And that's... I hate that. We've been saying the word cervix a lot. Just just today. <laughs> um, so, anyway, they, they kind of kept track of him. They tested him multiple times afterwards. Yeah. So, within four months, his blood went from his own DNA to his donor's DNA. It was completely replaced by his donor's DNA. I... I... I don't know if I'd be able to feel like myself. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't want to know that because I wouldn't want to know that I am not myself anymore. That's what he said. He was like, it feels really weird that like I can disappear and this other person is me now. They kept testing him and four years after this procedure, his lips and his cheek swabs actually showed his donor DNA. It wasn't just in his blood anymore, which is another weird thing. It's like a weird body takeover. Yeah. So, but... The lips and the cheeks really make sense to me because they're the most rapid, like your mouth mm-hmm. is the fastest regenerating part of your body. Mm-hmm. And like the cells in your mouth and your tongue kind of die and replace themselves faster than the other cells in your body do. So it makes sense to me that I've, it would, it would show up there. But I officially never want to donate anything anymore because <laughs> I don't want somebody with my DNA to go and commit a crime and then I get blamed for it. I don't think it does that if you donate blood, though. If you donate bone marrow, that's different. Oh, no, I would never. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I've heard it's really painful. I heard it's really painful, but I also have highly low blood pressure. And so every time I go in to donate blood, they won't take it because my blood pressure doesn't stay high enough. <laughs> that's what happened to me the last time I tried to donate <laughs> blood. I wanted to. I try, And then I've gotten tattoos since then, so I haven't been able to donate. Oh, yeah. But no. what's, what's interesting is... His head hair and his chest hair always stayed as his own DNA. They never changed. Do you think if your hair takes on somebody else's, your hair color would change? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that'd be, that, that's, that's science. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be interesting. 
that'd be like you know how some people's hair randomly changes right maybe like how pregnant women do when you're pregnant and then have a kid do you think that can happen like if you have like a miscarriage or something or i mean your body just rejects no because i think it's um it's hormones that cause the Oh, the hair I'm changes okay. in pregnant women. It's not the DNA. Um, really good example of that is I knew a woman who got chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And before she had chemotherapy, she had like stick straight hair. Mm-hmm. After the chemo, her hair was curly. Mm-hmm. And like it grew in curly. Talking about his semen again. <laughs> his semen was completely the other guy's DNA. Oh, which is he can't have his own children. That's exactly right. So like, (laughs) it's really interesting because it's like, if he had kids, are they really his kids? Because like Lydia Fairchild had babies. They came out of her. They were her kids, but they also weren't her kids. See, I was about to ask, is it the same with women? And then I remembered we just covered that twice. (laughs) Wow. So like, a little slow. What? What sucks of in this case is he actually had a vasectomy, so we'll never know, like, if he had a son, if it was yeah. his, and his donor was German, so I don't know if he'd pop out a, a German baby. That'd be kind of dope. But, yeah, that was um, some examples of chimeras in humans. It's some crazy stuff. That's kind of dope. I mean, I wish you guys looked a little cooler. <laughs> I wish you guys had snake heads as tails. No, no. No. I'm good. <laughs> Bat wings no, or no. arms. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't want somebody running around with my DNA. I really don't. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it happened. Thankfully, it looks like I didn't find any examples of people wrongfully convicted because of this, mm-hmm. but I also fully understand that they would never willingly publish that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's gotta be, that's like the death row. DNA's thing. a lie. Cause, I mean, DNA has exonerated people from death row. What if they had this chimerism and they got let off because the DNA they left behind wasn't their own DNA? It's crazy. It's crazy stuff. Or they were convicted because the DNA they left behind was not their DNA. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy stuff. I just, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. The world's a lie. Everybody's everybody else. We're all one. <laughs> There's some people I don't want to be one with. <laughs> Same, but it's okay. <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening um, to our chimera. I mean, if you are one, that'd be cool. I mean, go yeah. figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you if you actually know that you're a chimera, please tell us because like I would love to hear from some people to see how, if it's affected their lives at all. Yeah, and also like if you're willing to like send us a story and let us read it, we will do that. Oh yeah, no, definitely, that'd be fun. I don't know, people who have like weird things are cool. <laughs> I know, I love that kind of stuff. But um, we, I am, uh, I'm gonna show L a photo of the penis jousting snails as soon as we're done here (laughs) we're not gonna watch that (laughs) but in the meantime thanks for listening thanks for listening guys um please find us on instagram and facebook under alternative interest podcasts uh subscribe like share us with your friends wait review we'll see you next time see you next time guys bye bye